Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast, everyone. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are talking all things love today on the podcast. Yes, it is February, and we are talking about love. Uh, And the verse that we are looking at is 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them, which is just such a striking and profound verse. And I'm so excited um, that we have Deborah Faleta talking with us today. She was with us last episode and we were talking just a little bit about our concepts and our verse, but also um, just her passion for helping people come to an understanding of, of God's love for them and living out of that love and having healthy relationships. And I believe it, she said, you know, healthy relationships come out of being a healthy person. Um, and so we're going to be looking at the importance of God's love and loving other people and how that impacts our personal health. Um, so welcome back, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Deborah is also an author and she has her own podcast. So if you are excited about listening to her today, you can go and read a book of hers or check out her website. We'll have all the links in our show notes for those of you who are interested in finding out more. I really enjoyed our first episode together. And so I'm sure uh, those of you who are enjoying this with me would also love to find out more. Okay. So let me just say our verse one more time so that we're, it's fresh in our minds. And there's, there's just a lot in there. So it's 1 John 4, 16. And for those of you who are Dwell members, I hope that you've got this memorized at this point. But if not, no judgment here, because I'm going to read it just so I don't get it wrong. <laughs> and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Okay, so let's tackle that first part there. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. So not only can we know God's love, but we can rely on his love, um, which I really love that word rely. Um, So we're going to talk first, though, about knowing God's love. It says we can know God's love. And one of the things that we talk about um, that we talk about in one of our devotionals from earlier this month is how we know God's love instantaneously when he comes and makes his home in our hearts. That when we believe in Jesus Christ, his spirit comes and lives in us. And all of a sudden, we know God's love. So it's not something that we can lose, but it is something that we can sort of add fuel on the flame. So how do we do that? How do we know God's love more and more? How do we more and more um, come to that understanding? Um, Deb, can you help us with that? Like give us some some ideas of how it is that we we know God's love better and better. Yeah. So here's a, a spin on my answer. I think in order to know God's love better, we've got to first identify the things that are preventing us from knowing God's love. And, you know, in my work as a counselor, one thing that I found very commonly is that so many of us are basing 
our view of God's love on the things we've experienced in the past. Okay. So, you know, quick story. I worked with a client once in a psychiatric hospital. He was a young teenage boy and he was going through something called psychosis, which means he was seeing and hearing things that weren't really there. And I, my job was to interview him that day, do a quick assessment, just see how he was doing. I went in and started talking to him and I was wearing these pearl earrings and I started twisting them in my hand, kind of like a nervous habit. I was a new counselor and I was just feeling a little nervous. Next thing you know, he stares at me with this scary stare and starts running towards me screaming, I hate you. You ruined my life and coming to attack me. So what was going on in the moment? Well, it turns out that he had a very abusive mom who wore pearl earrings and she would twist them around in her hand and it reminded him of her. And here's the thing that might sound intense, but I believe we do this very same thing to God. In counseling, Mm. we call it transference. And what it means is we take the wounds and hurts from our past and we apply them to the face of God. We start believing that God must be judgmental. God must be apathetic. God must be just waiting for me to sin. God must be controlling. And and what we're basing our view of God on is the things that we've experienced in our past. When we, even if you grow up in a Christian home, I grew up in a Christian home, but the focus was work really hard because my parents were immigrants and I grew up believing that to get God's love, I had to put in the work. You know, we base our view of God's love on these faulty, dysfunctional things from our past rather than seeing him through the lens of Jesus Christ. And I think that is the obstacle that sometimes holds us back from really seeing God and his love for what it is. Wow. So what do you do then if if like this is resonating yeah. with somebody and they're like, oh, man. That's me. I think the first thing is to uh, put aside the Sunday school answers. When I tell you, what do you really believe about who God is? The first thing you're going to want to say is he's sovereign. He's good. He's powerful. He's mighty. But but let's dig a little deeper. What do you actually believe? What's your deepest fears? Maybe you think that you're not good enough for him. You're not doing enough for him, that he's disappointed in you. Maybe you feel like he's distant. He's not there when you Mm. need him and really come to terms with some of those deep, dark places that we're sometimes afraid to say out loud because we're Christians and we want (laughs) to rely on the Bible and believe these things to be true. But what are some of those sore spots deep down inside? I think it's important for us to stop answering in those basic Sunday school answers and really get to the bottom of some of those hurts and how we might see God in an inaccurate way. And so say you get to that mm-hmm. place where you're being honest yep, and you're dealing with something that you're transferring, yeah, right? You're, you've got this issue and you're transferring it on God. How do you unpack that? How do you help somebody... Um, like if you're in a counseling situation yeah. with somebody who says, oh, oh my gosh, that's why I feel that right. way. I always felt like because my parents got divorced, I always felt abandoned right. by God. Right. So how do you um, 
What do you do next? That transference. (laughs) Yeah. What do you do? I think the first step is to realize that when there's an area of our life that we're transferring, it's it's a sore spot. And when there's a sore Mm -hmm. spot, it's a sign that more healing needs to happen. And so really taking the time to focus in on that sore spot, on that hurt, on that faulty belief and invite the healing process through counseling, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. it, working through it, identifying the the areas where we need to shine God's truth on those hard things. So, so going back and doing some work, but then looking at scripture in the present, you know, going back and healing from your past is a big part of it, but also having a healthy understanding of your present. And, Mm. and I love looking through scripture and seeing God through the lens of Jesus Christ, seeing him through what the Bible tells me about him rather than what I think he should be, what, what, what people have told me he should be. And writing those things out, writing them out, like, like just like we do with dwell, writing them out, placing mm-hmm. them around us in front of us so that we're constantly absorbing the truth of who God is versus the the reality of what people have told us that he is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so good. That is that is definitely one of the ways that we do know God, right? That's how like how else do we know God but other and through his word. And you're right. When we're, when we're looking for um, answers in his word, he's going to give them to us. And when you find that verse that is just like speaking to your heart, put it in your head. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do because then it is with you and it's going with you and it's supporting you. And it's, it's fighting that lie, yes. that untruth that you're believing and either about yourself or God. And I would encourage those of you who might be feeling stuck. Like I've tried, I've, I've told myself this verse a million times. To me, that's a sign that there's healing that has to happen. And there's some things Mm. in your past that are holding you back from really believing that and experiencing that. And sometimes we do have to go backward in order to go forward. And God Mm -hmm. is there too. Ah, and I love Christian counselors (laughs) because you guys are so awesome. I mean, it it is, it's like, um, we're, we're going through counseling right now and, um, in our family, two of us are together and it is so hard. Sometimes you just feel broken down and like, are we ever going to get through this? We just went three steps backwards, but then all of a sudden it opens up something and you experience this healing that you're like, oh, that's what we needed. We needed to hear that word and we needed to dig down and find that, that it's like having an actual thorn. Yeah. If you don't ever get the thorn out, that wound is going to fester and fester. But when you do, then you can find that healing. So I just love it. Deborah, thank you so much for being a counselor and and devoting your life to helping people in that way. It's so important what you do. Thank you for having me and for having these important conversations. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I think we are maybe only going to get to one other question here, but that is super fine. Because I really think that there's a lot to this idea of relying on God's love. So we can know and rely on God's love. And I just think, um, I mean, we're, we're kind of dancing around it a little bit right now even, but what would our lives look like if we genuinely relied on God's love? If that were the foundational thing for us, that we woke up every morning and we were like, Jesus loves me. 
you know, like just the little Jesus loves me song. If that's running through our head all day long, like how different would our lives look? How much healthier would we be as individuals if we weren't relying on all these other things to make us happy and to fill us up and to give us confidence? Yeah, I agree. You know, when, when we rely on God's love, we are functioning out of a place of fullness rather than a place of emptiness because mm-hmm. God's love is, is the fountain that fills us up to overflowing. And when, when, when we're functioning out of fullness, we're not interacting with people because we want them to give something to us. We're interacting with people because we've got so much to give. And so the expectation changes, the interaction changes, the dynamic changes. Um, we would be so much more free. And, and you know, can we get to that place in life where we're fully relying on God's love every single day? I mean, we're human beings and, it, and it's a struggle for sure. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we can get a little bit more full and a little bit more full and a little bit more full yeah. and, and, and just see how that begins to transform our life and our relationships. Mm. Yeah, I do think there is this kind of interesting um, dynamic that is happening as believers where we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us. And yet you see places where people are praying that they would be filled with the Spirit. So they're like... Not to say that there is a, it's almost like there's a positional thing that's happening. Like the position that we are in is filled with the Holy Spirit. The position that we are in is loved and forgiven and adopted and all of these things. But we have to learn how to sort of rely on that, how to live out of that. And that's like, that's the, and be aware that's where the it. rubber meets the road. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and allow those truths to begin replacing all of the hurts and the wounds and the insecurities and the pain. I think it's a day-to-day process. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a personal question then. How do you do this? Like if, if it's just you and God and your relationship with him, you know, you got your mom, you got four kids, you got, you're running this business and writing books and, you know, counseling other people who have all kinds of situations that are difficult. So you've got all these like layers of things that you personally, Deborah Faleta, have to deal with day in and day out. How do you live out of that reliance on God's love? What does that look like? Well, for me, I, I have to stop on a regular basis and make sure that the things I'm doing are not to fill me up, but they are a result of the overflow of what God is doing in me. When when that shifts and now I'm parenting because it makes me feel good and I'm giving my husband because it makes me feel good and I'm doing this writing and speaking and traveling because it makes me feel good, all of a sudden you've opened this like, the hungry monster that will never be full because you always need more and more and more. But then checking in on a regular basis, checking in on my heart, asking God to search my heart and help me to function out of overflow, not out of scarcity, which means I've got to make sure I'm filled up on a regular basis, filled up with him, with Mm -hmm. his truth, with his love, with his words, with his presence. Um, and, And like I said, it's a daily practice. It's not something that I feel like I've mastered. 
it's some, it's a, it's a position. I have to place myself under his fullness every single day. Otherwise I default back to old things that aren't healthy. So it's a beautiful process. And I kind of think it keeps us humble because we're constantly in need of, of God to fill us up and also acutely aware that nothing else in this world can. Yeah, I love that you called it a hungry monster <laughs> because I think That's you're the right. Term. It is. Is it really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the hungry monster. I like it. Uh, but it does feel that way, right? Yeah. That there is like that there's something about the way that God made us that we all have this hungry monster living inside of us. And the only thing that's ever going to satisfy that is God. Yeah. And I know that there are theologians who have said it way better than that. But I think I like that. I like that picture image better. <laughs> I like to think of a hungry cookie monster in me that's like never, yeah. never satisfied. Uh, and, and when you think so about good. the pressure that puts on all of our relationships when we're never satisfied. Yeah. I mean, the damage that that does when we're always needing more and more and more. I, I'm, in, I'm too insecure. I need more. I'm not sure if I'm loved. I, I'm not sure if I'm special or worthy or valuable. Our families... Our friends, our marriages cannot handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think my husband feels that the most acutely when I'm kind of getting into that place of like not really relying on God's love and, and who I am in, in Christ. He, he's my, my uh, first, first uh, I wouldn't say line of defense, probably my first line of fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that I'm coming at him looking for him to fill me up and to tell me that he loves me or that I'm beautiful or that, you know, I'm all the best things. And, and you're right. They just can't, they can't do the, the thing that only God can do for us. So, so good. Well, we are out of time for this episode, but I am just really loving having this conversation with Deborah. And again, if you want to find out more about um, who she is, I would say go listen to her podcast. I think that would be a really fun place to start. So we'll have links for you in our show notes. And uh, if you've got a few extra minutes here, you should just go listen to a podcast of hers and see what she says. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.